Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Brawn Body Podcast. As always, if you haven't already, be sure you subscribe to our show. This way you can stay up to date on all the latest and greatest episodes and content that we are bringing you. And you can also find us on Instagram at Brawn Body. So in this episode, we're kind of continuing our discussion with Chloe Davies uh, on kickboxing. So as you might remember from Monday, she currently attends Swansea University. She's studying sports and exercise science, and she is a highly competitive kickboxer. She's competed at both the club and university levels. She won the Waco English Champions just a little over a year ago, and she was set to compete for the Great Britain team in kickboxing internationally until our friend COVID hit. And I know Chloe is very excited to talk about how COVID has impacted her and her sports career over there in the UK. So for more on Chloe, you can find her on Instagram at ChloeAthlete underscore 26. So with that, Chloe, welcome back. Hi. So, um, you know, not only have you gotten the honor of discussing martial arts with me, which this is the first time I've ever discussed martial arts with someone on the podcast. Uh, But you're also the first guest I've ever had from another country. So what can you tell us just about, you know, living in the UK when it comes to sports and fitness athletics, because I'm sure it's very different than what you uh, might hear about or see about here in America. I feel like it's definitely different. Sport in the UK is very, it's very interesting for me. I don't know whether I'm just being stereotypical from watching films and stuff, but over in America, sport is, seems it's very fun day. It's, it's a big deal. Whereas over here in the UK, it can be overlooked mm-hmm. and not even just sport. It's all, it's the health and fitness industry, like more, more so than ever. Now people need to be active. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are suffering from mental health from not being able to go just to the gym yeah, it's, it's, it's overlooked. You know, we have got our professional sports. We've got obviously our rugby, we've got football, we've got, we do have our big uh, sports, but those, the sports outside Olympic level, you don't, you don't hear about which obviously kickboxing falls into it. So it is very interesting. And I can definitely say that America's sport is very funded compared to over here. Right. And uh, I'm sure that has a huge impact on the youth especially, is we know that cultivating proper healthy habits such as exercising from a young age will go on to impact you throughout life. And if there's a lack of funding and a lack of opportunities, then I'm sure kids are not, you know, getting up and getting out and playing a whole lot of sports. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's now you don't see a lot of kids out, you know, obviously we're still in lockdown so but we are allowed to exercise outside we're allowed to go for walks but even then you don't you don't see it I know from family I've got a younger sister and she's constantly just on the xbox on the ipad she doesn't like do a lot and it's it's not even their fault a lot of the time because our schools are still shut as well so wow yeah we're not but schools are still shut so we're still in the house we're on zoom um so she's only nine she doesn't understand that in school like she's still getting steps and she's still you know running around the playground all this she's not getting any of that so it is very like different over here at the moment 
Definitely. And kind of diving into that a little more because I know you were excited to talk about that. So schools are still shut down. Gyms are still closed. You can barely justify leaving your house to go for a walk or a run. Uh, this sounds pretty crazy to me. Um, and I know you said too that um, it was uh, your boyfriend's birthday earlier this week when we were uh, recording this podcast and you couldn't even go out to purchase balloons. I mean, this seems crazy to me. Oh, it is. At the moment, it's, it's just a never-ending lockdown. You Obviously, the first lockdown came, um, you know, it was serious. And we were all like, yeah, you know, we've got to do this. We've got to, we've got to work on getting numbers down. And we did. And they opened back up for summer, not like as normal, because I don't think it's going to be normal now. But we you know you could go out, you could eat, you could see your friends, you could do, you go to the gym. And then in Wales, in around about November time, we had like a mini fire break lockdown. So everything shut for two weeks. And I just got back into routine with my training. So I thought, right, it's two weeks. I can carry on like doing my home gym and then come back. And then Christmas Eve, not Christmas Eve, five days before Christmas Eve, we were visiting my boyfriend's uh, family in England. And it came out that Wales was going into a full lockdown on the 28th of December. So everything was shutting completely again. So obviously we had a couple of days to decide, get our things straight. That same evening, we got a news alert saying they've changed it and Wales is going into lockdown tonight. We, so we were still in England. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what? It's literally was supposed to be the 28th. It's five, like it's a couple of days before Christmas Eve. And I remember seeing on social media, like the shops, are, it, was, it was chaos. Mm -hmm. Everyone was panicking. They were shutting the retail like that night. Like you couldn't, you weren't allowed to do Christmas shopping anymore. Mm -hmm. It came out of nowhere because obviously we thought, oh, their plan was they're shutting it down after Christmas, which is nice. You can see your family for Christmas. Nope, that went out the window and we were getting locked back in. It was an insane amount and we've been in lockdown ever since. That's crazy. So that's been at this point, almost three months of lockdown that they just kind of threw on you one day. Yeah. You couldn't go out and do anything. And um, you're pretty confined to your house. Um, are you at least able to go out and go grocery shopping or? Yeah, you can go shopping as long as obviously you've got the mask and you go alone. <laughs> really? You're not allowed to go anywhere else. We like, it's, um, it's stricter in other places um, than others. Uh, my boyfriend and I, we still would go and do shops together because when we do a shop, we it is a big shop and I I can't do it myself. So we will go and try and do it, but we'll go quite late in the evening. So it'd be like 9, 10, 10 o'clock in the night where most people aren't there. So it mm. is a lot quieter. But yeah, it got to the point where we went to go shopping before and we got stopped. Only one of us could go in to do our shopping. And even then, you're only allowed to buy essential items. Mm -hmm. So they have like, obviously where the light... Um, aisles are they've taped up all non-essential items so like clothes you can't buy um toys children's toys you're not allowed to buy um houseware like um kitchen um, utensils you can't buy <laughs> it's very very strange over here at the moment that certainly sounds it um i think it's weird that we don't consider clothing essential um and exactly. i don't think we should be considering like kitchen items non-essential like I mean great you bought food but how are you gonna cook it like you're not just gonna live off of like frozen chicken nuggets for all of quarantine here or at least I hope you're not 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's very different. It's just like now we've just gotten into it's, we're just used to it, but it's getting to the point now where it needs to just go back to normal and because a lot of people are suffering, especially like uh, uni students, you know, those who have businesses. We've seen just so many shops going out of business purely because they can't run. Mm-hmm. It's it's quite devastating. Yeah, definitely. Um, and not to be like kind of de- um, adding to the bad news here, but I know in the U.S. too, um, certain cities have found that their lockdowns have cost the lives of more people than the virus itself. Um, I think it was yeah. San, I think it was San Francisco. Uh, six to seven times as many people took their own life due to lockdowns than the virus killed. Which yeah, it's just thing over here. It's, it's devastating. It's crazy. Yeah, we've had it's been on the news that you know students. Um, there's been a few students that have been taking their own lives because they're lucky for me. I'm out of accommodations where I'm in private and I do live with my partner. But others, like especially those in first year, you know, where they have moved away, they're away from their family. They're with people that they've only known for a little while, mm-hmm. and they're completely isolated. They're yeah, um, there has been a lot of stories in the news about students taking their own lives. It's devastating. But luckily, there is a little bit of good news with this is exercise is one of the best ways to improve your mental health and getting up and going out and doing something uh, can really improve your mood and just kind of uplift your spirits during this difficult time. And yeah, I know you do a lot of your training at home. Uh, and you're competing with kickboxing. Uh, so can you tell us first a little bit about kickboxing? Uh, what does that entail? How does the competition structure look like? That sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. So in kickboxing, we have uh, different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So you have your full contact. So that's when you're in the ring and you are looking to knock someone out. It's very handed. <laughs> You've got your low kick, which is... Um, you you can hit to the legs you've got light contact so this is you're in like a mat area and you're just continuously fighting for the round mm-hmm. and points which is my main discipline i compete in is you have you and your opponent and it's person who can score the most points in the given time usually for me it's two two minute rounds and it's a very high it's a very fast-paced fight it's quick you've got to be on your feet there's no breaks you mm-hmm. have a break you're on the bomb <laughs> it's it's fun it's very very fun it's probably one of the most for me one of the most entertaining styles to watch mm-hmm. especially when if you say to someone oh you do kickboxing they immediately go to oh so you knock people out i'm like <laughs> no I <don't. laughs> no i try to score points on them <laughs> it's yeah. but it's it's really an, an intense especially when you know, there's only one point between you, between the whole fight, and you get to, like, last 10 seconds. It's, like, you usually go into a game plan where you will attack to get the point, but mm-hmm. you'll stay away and extra time. But even then, you end up in extra time, and it'll go to the first person to score wins. Mm-hmm. And it is the most intense situation ever. But I don't know <laughs> what's worse, in it or coaching. We had um, a competition back in 2019, and one of our club fighters... Um, he's in the junior category and there was about 27 people in his category and he got to the final 
and it you know it was a tough fight it was you know we were proper going for it and it got to you it was the first person to score wins mm-hmm. and there's a video of me and I'm sitting in the coaching seat I'm not even watching what's going on because <laughs> it is so <laughs> I'm sitting there with like my eyes covered and like my hands just peeking out a little bit because and he came up to us and was like what do I do? Do I attack? And I was like, I just, like, I couldn't even like begin to explain what to do. It was so riding on it. And I remember my like main coach just took it and I was just sitting there like, look, just stay calm. And they said fight. And he just, he went for it and he scored it and just everyone, it erupted. Like it was one of the best like moments ever, but it was very stressful and intense. So yeah, it's fun. It's a very fun discipline. And yeah there's a lot on youtube you can watch of point fighting it's it's different because when you tell people ah oh, you don't knock people out what's the point in your fight but i know like it is it's really fun it's a fun way of doing it especially like it's not the aim of it is not to knock someone out it's not to you know you don't want to hurt them properly you just got to be quick mm-hmm. which is sometimes even harder than hit hard like just hit hard it is very you know you've got to be straight on the bounce you can't switch off for that two minutes you switch off and you're getting scored upon you end up being five points down it is very very intense but very fun i have to say definitely that's awesome and i like how as you brought up it's not just about knocking people out um i typically think of that being the more quote-unquote american way of fighting is everyone just wants to see somebody get knocked out in you know a couple minutes but I like how it's a lot more technical by the sounds and there's a lot more to it. And instead of being focused on someone's going to the hospital, it's focused on, okay, what's your overall skill here? Can you do these things and do them quickly? Or, you know, will you be limited by whoever you're facing their uh, defenses or will you be able to uh, not uh, stand withstand their attacks, so to speak? Yeah, that's definitely that's a great way to put it. it is it's very tactical you know you've got to have your tactical if you've got someone who you know you get fighters that won't attack you so you know their prime game is defense you know they are so off the quick so you've got to try and pull them out of your comfort zone while trying to get yourself into your you know what you do it's it's very like you've got to have the right tactics Definitely. So I know a big part of developing the right tactics are kind of preparing yourself physically for the fight. Uh, You know, the mobility, strength, balance, coordination, all the different requirements that kickboxing has, um, that certainly doesn't come overnight. Um, I remember watching videos of some of your kicks, and I was just like, how does she get her leg that high? high. Um, So, you know, with that, what is your... um, physical preparation or training look like so to speak uh for kickboxing yeah truth be told my kicks look very high but I have such a basic overall flexibility it is it's very strange I can't touch my toes (laughs) but I can kick to the head (laughs) that's one of my like main things I say about it but it is literally my flexibility is very it's I'm flexible but it's not like I can't do the splits I can't touch my toes um it's very limited but I my hip mobility is what I focus on quite a lot and that's how I can get my kicks you know up to head height because I'm only I'm just under five foot three so I am quite small Mm -hmm. and especially when I go up weight cat when I go up weight categories I'm fighting to all the people I will 90% 
be the shortest person in the category usually. So I focus on my hip mobility a lot, you know, um, purely just breaking it down to practicing my kicks. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the best way I find doing it is if I haven't kicked in a while, my hip mobility will go absolutely awful. So I do just kind of stay on top of that. And the biggest thing for me as well, as silly as it sounds, my feet have to be conditioned. <laughs> um, especially for points. Because in a points fight, you're con constantly on the tip of your toes. Mm -hmm. So you're bouncing constantly for two minutes. And you cannot go flat-footed because you will get scored upon. And my feet after some training sessions will actually burn. Because I've used, like, I'm on my toes so quickly and I move so quick. So I... Feet, like around my flat I'll just be bouncing sometimes just doing some movement and stuff purely just to keep my feet on top of things because I I was in, I got injured um in 2019 I fell down a step as silly as it sounds <laughs> and um I tore soft tissue in my ligaments in my right ankle oh wow and ended up in a boot yes yeah, so I was out for three months wow and yeah <laughs> I it came back you know rehab everything and my feet were, oh, I had blisters. I could barely walk, you know, just purely because I hadn't conditioned them for three months. Mm -hmm. It's a very, yeah, very different. <laughs> I find it interesting that that injury you just brought up was in the same year that you won Waco. <laughs> yeah, um, it was, oh, well, yeah. So I injured myself in October, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, so I was out for three months. I came back in January, January, 2020. I had one month of preparation for the wackos. <laughs> yeah, that one month was intense. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was a goal of mine. I was, you know, I'd been out for three months. That was at the back of my head. I was, mm -hmm. I was full blown. I was winning that competition and you know, I did, which was, it was crazy. Cause I think back and I said, I literally had a month to get myself ready for a big competition. Mm -hmm. But I did it, but yeah, but now, like, thankfully, my ankles are getting better with it. Definitely. I love the energy, too. This is uh, this is great. Um, so it sounds like definitely focusing <laughs> on hip mobility and focusing on the feet and ankles, which um, this is actually something we've heard quite a bit about so far is um, in my schooling for physical therapy. It's all about the hip and the ankles and the feet for that matter. Uh, we kind of consider foot and ankle uh, the same thing. Uh, and we've had guests in the past, uh, Dr. Dakota Stroll, Dr. Uh, Kyle Bowling, some uh, great professionals in the field of sports rehab, exercise and fitness, that sort of thing, that have all said, look, if you master the hip and you master the foot and ankle, everything else is going to come uh, pretty easily to you because movement starts at the foot after all. So if you have issues at the foot and ankle, they're going to continue elsewhere. And if you don't have the proper hip mobility and stability, then pretty much everything else is going to be off because think about your spine. Your spine sits on the uh, sacrum, your tailbone, and that connects directly to your hips. So if you got issues with the hips, you're gonna have issues all the way up. Um, yeah. So I really love how you brought up those are your kind of focus areas and I like how you said too you know the best way to get more mobile especially in the hips is to just do it like you know if you want to get higher kicks start kicking and keep kicking yeah definitely yeah that's, that's what it is you know you see a lot of people have like will have proper 
like routines for it. Whereas for me, I just, you know, stick to the basics, do my kicks. Um, I do yoga quite a lot as well, which definitely has helped me. So, yeah. Sounds like, uh, sounds like something I need to do some more of here uh, because my mobility is awful. Um, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I can touch my toes and touch my nose all the way to my knees. Like I've got, you know, great flexibility, but when it comes time to actually move and mobility, um, you know, things don't always move like they should. Um, and that's yeah. one thing I've noticed, especially with you is, you know, across the board, not just talking about kicks, but squatting, uh, cleans, all the different things you do regularly, your mobility and your form is just perfect every time. So oh, yeah, but to be, with strength training, I've, I, it's only been prop, I've only been properly doing it for probably about six months. Um, before that, honestly, I had no clue what I would like why I was doing certain moves. I was very clueless about weight training because I never, for me, because it was something I, I wasn't doing a lot. I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. I'm going to get it wrong. And then if I get it wrong, I'm going to look silly or I don't want to fail on something. But September, yeah, last September about, I got into like proper routine with it. And then, yeah, I ended up like realizing, you know, I'm actually quite strong for what I am, <laughs> you know, it, and now I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite training sessions. You know, it's, it's gives me a goal. Cause obviously right now with kickboxing, it's, I can't say, you know, oh, my goal is to win this competition. My goal is to get down to this weight for a competition. My kickboxing goals at the moment are very limited. Whereas I found that now I'm doing strength training, weight training, I've got different goals and it's nice to have that to focus on. Yeah. So it's, it's it definitely helped me at the moment. Definitely. Um, and it's kind of dynamic. It's fun. It's exciting. And like you said, it's individual. You can push yourself and it seems like you really like to push yourself to do better and do more. Um, so I can see why, you know, you would enjoy this. Um, and as we kind of said, I know you do a lot of squats, uh, cleans and pull-ups, but what else uh, do you include in your training and what all does your training look like? Uh, typically my uh, training routine. So obviously I have my skill-based and sports specific, which is kickboxing. So usually I'll do that um, on Zoom with my, like with my coach in the class, or if I can't get to that because of university, I'll go onto my bag, which I have at the house and just purely just go on that for like 40 minutes, just playing around. I have uh, conditioning sessions. So usually they're just pure full blast, get a sweat on, usually some equipment, but a lot of body weight stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I do yoga, which helps in my mobility and flexibility. So I'll do that um, two or three times a week when I can, you know, just have a, like an hour, usually on my low days, I'll get yoga done. And then I have strength training then, which I usually focus on three compound moves. So I'll have usually one day I'll do my deadlifts, one day I'll do my squats, and then one day I'll do my cleans all at heavy weights. And then my upper body then is usually paired with it. So I feel like my strength training is a, is a lot different to you know usual people's because a lot of people will have splits, whereas my splits are basically just my main lifts, but then my upper body stuff and my core, they just kind of go in, in with it. So yeah, my training routine, it's very full, but it's probably the best type of routine I've had in like, you know, in a while. 
No, definitely. And I like how it kind of balances out everything. You have your high days that you're pushing harder and heavier and you have your low days where, you know, it's okay if you slow down a little bit and take the time to recover. Um, so I really like that balance piece. And I think a lot of people are missing this in their own programs. Um, I know uh, at the point this episode airs, this is following two weeks of powerlifting podcasts and powerlifting is very different than the average um, exercise program. You know, when people, at least in America, think exercise, they think of push-pull legs or they think upper body, lower body, and everything is split up. And in reality, we know anatomically, these muscles are all connected. Like you have muscles that literally run from your hip to your arm. Like everything is connected, whether you know that or not. So it kind of makes sense, especially from an athletic and functional standpoint to do everything at the same time together. Because, you know, when you're competing on the kickboxing mat, I don't think you're going to say, okay, um, today I'm only going to use my biceps in this fight. Like, no, that's not how it works. Yeah, so, that's, yeah, that's literally the way to put it, definitely. Um, everything is connected, so it makes sense to train it all together. Um, and this is typically the advice I give to athletes when I work with them is, you know, look, you know, when you go out and compete, you're not going to have a day where all you do is push with your upper body. You're not going to have a day where all you do is arm curls and the tricep pushdowns. You need to be able to do all these things together so make your training match uh your specific sport goals and i really love how it sounds like you've really mastered that um so with that too um before covid before all this sort of happened um was there any kind of specific dynamic and team environment to the training piece of what you've been doing for kickboxing uh my my training environment is probably one of the best, you know, when I'm in the club training with my kickboxing teammates, you know, it, it's fun. We all, we have some hard sessions. We will push each other, but it's, it's like a massive family. You know, we all go there. We all want each other to do well. We'll push each other. If one of us is having a bad day, we make sure they get through the session. You know, it's like no one's on their own. Mm -hmm. It's very, it's, it's fun and it's a good environment which I think is you need if you're in a bad environment you're not going to do well you're not going to train well and it just puts you in a bad mindset so yeah if you surround yourself with the best people then that's all you can ask for no I couldn't agree more you know they say if you are friends with five millionaires then you're going to be the sixth millionaire it's as uh, simple as that you become like those you surround yourself with um, and I'm sure those people probably help you too when you are uh, competing, because as we kind of alluded to on, Mon on the uh, Monday episode, uh, you know, we were talking about the mental side of kickboxing and, you know, part of it is receiving the kicks and blows uh, to your own body. Um, but I'm sure physically, you know, you have different things that you have to do in order to um, kind of receive some of that pain, so to speak, because obviously if you, you know, stop fighting after you, you know, got hit once or twice, then, you know, you're probably not going to score many points. No, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. <laughs> so, um, is there anything that you do kind of physically to prepare yourself, um, for the physical aspect, as far as the actual fight itself goes and taking some of those 
uh, shots because I know, you know, I myself, I weigh about 185, 190 pounds and I wouldn't want to be on the receiving end of any of your kicks. Um, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I think for us, like obviously pre-COVID, we, we would fight like in our club, we'd fight each other a lot. You know, we're we're a very competitive bunch. So, you know, when we do have to go inspire each other, you know, one of us is winning. I don't care if it's like it's not going to be you and we will go at each other, you know, as if it's a competition. But for me, I think that's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll do like um, team events, where we do like boys versus girls or we'll get split. And, you know, we just we, it'll be half a leather. We will we going to hit you like you're not my teammate at the moment. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> and but, you know, that is that best way to do it because you're in such good preparation is like I train with some so like talented people I'm very very lucky I'm trained with such good people and for me that that has helped me because mm -hmm. I'm I'm training with the best fighters um in the UK so if I'm fighting against these and I'm training with these then when I go into competition it's it's just it's a breeze then that's uh, that's always the goal, right? And uh, you know, if you're fighting in the lowest weight class, like you said, I'm sure some of the people you're fighting against in training and preparation are maybe a little bit bigger than you. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, they are. I am one of the littlest ones. Um, you know, like even like we have like some men that will fight each other. Like we all just go at it. But you know, we're all we're all friends. We're family. Yeah. So whatever on the mats, it doesn't get taken out in the wrong way you know we we like we will like egg each other wrong we will literally like go at each other and trash talk each other <laughs> just to like psych things up like, oh you know if we're having like our coach will be a ref and everyone will be watching and we don't get a score point or the our ref doesn't score us oh we'll be kicking off everything you know shouting at each other saying mm -hmm. you didn't hit me and it's, <laughs> it's so fun but at, at the same time like it's it's the perfect preparation getting hit in competitions you come into competitions you're getting hit and you're like oh i get back i get hard hit harder in training yeah so it doesn't matter it no big deal yeah. <laughs> um so with that too um you know the demands of kickboxing both figuratively and literally i think carry over to a lot of people right now is you know physically you know you're you need balance, coordination, endurance, power, mobility, body weight control, especially, but you also need the resilience, both physically and mentally, to keep pushing ahead and keep moving forward, despite literally taking shots to your body or, you know, all kinds of different things that are thrown at you. Uh, so what kind of advice would you have just from your own experience and own perspectives on fitness and training and kickboxing? to someone that we might consider, you know, general population who maybe they want to start adapting their training to kind of look a little more like yours. I think the biggest thing is don't overlook the basics. I think nowadays everyone tries to get their training routine so advanced to try and look like, you know, oh my God, look what I'm doing. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Like 99% of the time, you just need the basics. You know, for me, I will like my especially my kickboxing means specific um i will train the basic you know the basic punches the big basic kicking because that's what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna go fight and do a big spinning kick um like i because i know i wouldn't pull that off no my luck i'd probably fall so you know it's just about 
the basics, even when it comes to, you know, weightlifting, I go, I don't go and do what, you know, more than what I can, you know, I know what I can push my, my body to, I know what I can do, there's no point me trying to, trying to, you know, squat 120 kilos, there's just no point, you know, I think for most people, they're so hecked up in social media, especially Instagram, of seeing what everyone else is doing, they're like, oh, okay, I need to go and do it like them now. But no, it's not, that might not work for you. You know, right. you no. need to adapt everything to you. I agree. Uh, I couldn't agree more, actually. And um, it's funny how this worked out because this is going to be our last podcast episode or second to last, I can't remember, um, in the month of March. And so far throughout March, unintentionally, we've had four different people for four different episodes, well, four different weeks of episodes who have all said the same thing. Simplicity works best. If you want to get really good, keep it simple. You know, if you want to get stronger at the bench press, you should bench press. You know, you're not going to want to go out and spend $5,000 on some ridiculous machine and, you know, this technological mirror that is apparently going to make you fit at home uh, when you can literally just bench press and get better at bench pressing. And I mean, the same goes for anything and everything. If you want to get stronger, okay, lift heavier. And if you want to, you know, increase the size of your muscles, then lift weights, lift them heavy, lift them light, lift them fast, lift them slow, kind of work everything. It's not that doesn't have to be as advanced as, um, you know, we think it does. And I like how you brought up the social media piece, because I know a lot of people, uh, especially at the gym I go to, they're copying Instagram workouts, you know, they saw it on Pinterest. So that's what I'm going to do. Or, you know, this girl, she has 3 million followers. I saw she just posted this workout. So I'm going to go do that. And they end up doing these, the most ridiculous things. And there's no kind of rhyme or reason to them. And they're doing them incorrectly in the first place, because this is the first time they've ever done it. (laughs) Definitely. I think, to be honest, my pet hate is, you know, people just following Instagram ones. I think if you look at my Instagram profile, I haven't, I've got my own training program. I don't follow anyone else's. I get told what to train. I know what I have to train. So for me, posting my training program, it's not, it's not going to be beneficial to other people because they're going to be doing something completely different. So for me, I, my, like my account, athlete account is purely just for me, is for me to where I can put progress where I can put, you know, showcase what I do, what my training looks like. The only thing I, you know, I, I give people if they want to try is, you know, some of my conditioning workouts is like a, like a short and, you know, sharp one. If you, if you want to get sweat on, you do this conditioning, I guarantee you're going to be sweating. Yep. You know, there's no point in me going, oh, go and deadlift this because you may, you might not be able to do it or you might be able to do it more. But for me, it's, it's beneficial to me. So there's no point in me show like going, oh, this is my routine. You do it. No, I, uh, couldn't agree more and um i try and do something similar is once in a while you'll get one of the workouts that i do but most of the time it's just little glimpses into what i'm doing because what i'm doing is very specific to me and i've learned and adapted what works for me over the course of about 10 years of just self-experimentation for lack of a better term and if you want to do what i am doing and the same for you if people want to do what you're doing then they're going to have to put in the time and effort to figure out, okay, this works really well for me. This doesn't, I like this. I don't like this and kind of balance it from there. And this is where 
Um, I think professionals can help. Obviously, there's fitness professionals for a reason. And uh, for those listening, if uh, you do need help, you should really reach out to either of us, um, because I'm sure we'd be happy to help you. Um, But obviously, you know, no one knows everything about everything. You know, I'm not going to have every answer as to why your squat sucks right now. But if you, you know, come to me, I'm probably going to give you much better advice than you're going to find on, you know, five minutes on Google. So, yeah, definitely. You know, of the accounts I do follow on my athlete account is, you know, it's giving advice and tips. So it's mm-hmm. not saying you should do it this way. It's, oh, try it if this other isn't working or looking at, oh, we've got this mobility, try this mobility stretches before your session or like form like advice or from like, you know, actual people that do their research, not because they've got 3 million followers. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I couldn't echo that any louder. <laughs> um, so <laughs> with that, are there any kind of closing notes or anything else that you want to add to our little discussion here all about, you know, COVID and the pandemic, health and fitness, kickboxing, and all these other amazing little sub things we talked about. You know, I think now, especially with the height of the pandemic, you know, I can't express enough how much, you know, try and be active. And that's not me saying go and run a marathon right now. Just go out for a walk. I, you know, some days I've, you know, I've had really bad days. You know, I have had the days where I haven't gone out of of bed purely because I've felt really bad. But now, you know, if I'm like, oh, I I really don't want to do a workout today. It's like, I'll get up, I'll put my, my earphones in, I'll go for a walk. I'll, I'm quite lucky, I live quite near to a beach. So I'll just go down for the beach. I end up coming back, I'm in such a good mood. I end up going to do my training session. When, you know, if I hadn't gone out to get some fresh air, I know I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like purely for sport, you know, health and fitness is, is such a massive part. And now, you know, with a lot more people struggling for mental health, get out, just be a little bit active, go for a walk doing yoga, dance around your room, you know, anything, (laughs) just get moving. Yeah. That's probably like my biggest thing right now. No, again, uh, I'm right there with you on all of that because, um, you know, I could literally talk for hours about all the benefits of exercise. And I know the people listening don't want to hear me talk any more than I already have. Um, but just remember exercise is good and it's literally going to benefit every system in your body. We've known that for a fact, we've researched it. There is not one single thing in your body that is not benefited by getting up and exercising in some way. So seriously, just do it. It's going to help you. It's going to improve your life and make your life better in some way. So why not just do the simple thing and improve your situation? Definitely. So with that, Chloe, thank you so much for joining us on these two episodes of the Brawn Body Podcast. And for those listening, if you really uh, felt inspired by Chloe and liked what she had to say, be sure that you follow her on Instagram. You can find her at ChloeAthlete underscore 26. Chloe, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me.